Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9.25 a.m. 15th of October 2019. This is episode 150 of Bitcoin and... This one's going to be a little subdued. I got some people in the house, so I can't be uh, all loud and stuff. <clears throat> anyway, let's just start it off with Nicholas Dorier. Wow. Oh, th- this guy has some like insanely famous tweets, and this one is probably, probably not going to be any different. Uh, a couple of days ago, uh, Nicholas <laughs> tweets out, I am officially rage quitting LND. I won't touch any more this software outside for replicating their REST API to work on other Lightning implementations. At Rockstar Dev, at Mr. Cucks, good fucking luck. Now that is like, that's classic Nicholas right there, man. What's he talking about? Well, he's linked to a screenshot, or he didn't link, he's got a screenshot of LND version 0.8.0 beta RC2. Uh, database migrations, and he's got a uh, sentence. The very first sentence is highlighted. It says, from this release onwards, LND will only support database upgrades from the previous major release. And Nicholas has his reasons as to why this sucks. Um, I can only, I can only imagine a couple of, you know, scenarios as to why it sucks in my mind, because I am not a developer. I'm certainly not a lightning developer and I am also not a database developer, but Nicholas tend, you know, tends to not mince words. He also tends not to, uh, be wrong about a whole lot of stuff. Uh, so I don't know, this kind of sucks, uh, in a way, because I I mean, you know, I like the LND team. I really do because it's like, you know, the one of the three major uh, lightning implementations around. There's LND, there's C Lightning, and then there's oh god, what is it? I should know. I don't <laughs> It's been a, it's been a it's been a morning. Okay, so I'm just going to I'm just going to leave my ignorance out there on the floor for everybody to see. Somebody wants to help me on that third implementation. Uh please please, you know, let me know. <laughs> anyway, okay, uh, getting, let's see, and let's just go ahead and get into the news. Uh, now, this is going to be late. All this news is going to be late because it's Tuesday and not Monday. And I set up everything I was going to do for yesterday. And then all of a sudden, I decided that I'd lose my transport thumb drive that I used to take the uh, uh, the post-production wave file down to the library because they have fiber and I have like the slowest internet connection ever. It's like it, it'll run, you know, Netflix and stuff like that, but uploads new. No, 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 no. I, 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 at the very start of this entire podcast, I was doing it from home and it would take an hour and a half to upload 30 minutes. 
that's how bad my upload speed is. So I have to take it down to the library where they have fiber and it takes like just a couple of minutes there. Anyway, I lost my USB drive, which is now found again. But uh, that's why the, the show didn't come out yesterday. And I apologize to everybody for that. So let's get into the SEC halting $1.7 billion unregistered digital token offering. Okay, this came out October the 11th. And this is the actual announcement from the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, so we're just going to read this for you. Uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission today announced that it has filed an emergency action and obtained temporary restraining order against two offshore entities conducting an alleged unregistered ongoing digital token offering in the United States and overseas that has raised more than $1.7 billion of investor funds. According to the SEC's complaint, Telegram Group and its wholly owned subsidiary, Ton Issuer Inc., began raising capital in January of 2018 to finance the company's business, including the development of their own blockchain the Telegram Open Network, or TON blockchain, as well as mobile messaging application Telegram Messenger. Defendants sold approximately 2.9 billion digital tokens called grams at discounted prices to 171 initial purchasers worldwide, including more than 1 billion grams to 39 United States purchasers. Telegram promised to deliver the grams to the initial purchasers upon the launch of its blockchain by no later than October 31st, 2019, at which time the purchasers and Telegram will be able to sell billions of grams into the United States markets. The complaint alleges that the defendants failed to register their offers and sales of grams, which are securities, in violation of the registration provisions of the Securities Act of 1933. Quote, our emergency action today is intended to prevent Telegram from flooding the United States market with digital tokens that we allege were unlawfully sold, said Stephanie Everkin, co-director of the SEC's Division of Enforcement. We allege that the defendants have failed to provide investors with information regarding grams and Telegram's business operations, financial conditions, risk factors, and management that the securities law requires. <laughs> We have repeatedly stated that issuers cannot avoid the federal securities laws just by labeling their product a cryptocurrency or a digital token. <laughs> Telegram seeks to obtain the benefits of a public offering without complying with the long-established disclosure responsibilities designed to protect the investor public or the investing public says Stephen Pekin, co-director of the SEC's Division of Enforcement. The SEC's complaint filed today in federal court, uh, district court in Manhattan charges both defendants with violating the registration provisions of, of sections 5A and 5C of the Securities Act and seeks certain emergency relief as well as permanent injunctions, disgorgements, and pre uh, prejudgment interest and civil penalties. The SEC's investigation is being conducted by Daphna a. Waxman, Morgan B. Ward-Doran, and John O. Earnwright of the SEC's Cyber Unit. The case is being supervised by Carolyn Welshhands, acting chief of the SEC Cyber Unit, and Laura Shalov Meriban, associate regional director of the New York Regional Office. The SEC litigation will be led by Jorge Tenero and Kevin McGrath. So the SEC just put the hammer down on Telegram. That's what happened. They're not jacking around, although... We've seen this before, right? Are they going to get a slap on the wrist? Is it going to be like, oh, well, you need to pay us like a couple of million dollars and we'll leave you alone? I don't know. Probably, but I don't know. 
I mean, they, they may just decide to make a full-blown example out of Telegram, but then the question will become, well, then why isn't everybody that is shitcoining made, you know, an example of? And there's, you know, if the SEC gives a slap on the, you know, wrist, like, you know, $40 million in fines, and then they're free to go on their way, then you're going to know that the SEC has literally lost all of its teeth. And there's, we will have to deal with shit coinery forever because $40 million on 1.7 billion in sales, uh, <clears throat> would be such a slap on the wrist and would be absolutely nothing for telegram to pony up so that they can carry on with their shit coinery. All right. In, in other shit coinery news, Visa, MasterCard, eBay, Stripe, all leave Libra. This is Nick Chong writing for news BTC. Within the span of an hour or two, reports have revealed that Facebook's crypto project Libra suffered some heavy blows. It first started on Friday morning with the Financial Times revealing that both eBay uh, and Stripe have dropped out of the Libra Association. Speaking to the outlet, an eBay spokesperson asserted that while the company respects the vision of Libra, the American firm will not be moving ahead with its participation in the association, citing a focus on rolling out eBay's managed payments experience for our customers. Stripe made a similar comment, telling the Financial Times that it is supportive of projects that aim to make online commerce more accessible for people, but will not be moving forward with the Facebook-backed crypto project at this time. Within the hour or two after the Financial Times' relative, uh, sorry, revelatory report, both MasterCard and Visa seen by many in the crypto community to be the association's two most important partners, also revealed that they will be rescinding their membership. In their own comment, Visa cited Libra's inability to fully satisfy all requisite regulatory expectations. For now, the deluge of Libra levers have, has stopped. It remains to be seen if this is the end of the Libra Association's internal turmoil, as reports indicated that the ratification of the consortium's charter is rapidly approaching. So, yeah, that was pretty much all of the legs out of Libra. Will it continue? Who knows? It probably will. I mean, Zuckerberg's got like, he's sitting on mounds of money, you know, and like one of the largest corporations on the globe, you know, it's, it's, it's anybody's guess as to what happens now, but I wouldn't count Libra out at this point, just because we, we see, we've seen way too many examples of shit coinery being tolerated. I don't tolerate it one bit. This is just, it's just bullshit. You should just use Bitcoin. It's, it, it's not all that hard, guys. It's just not. All right. Uh, let's see. Who's writing now? This is William Foxley on October the 9th. So this is kind of late. U.S. lawmakers call on payment giants to exit chilling the Libra project. Now, this is the this is the weird part. We had just, you know, I just read you about the, the exiting of MasterCard and Visa. But there was some there was some context to that that uh, which is why I'm reading you this story from William Foxley. He's writing for CoinDesk. Two United States senators have publicly asked Visa, Stripe, and MasterCard to remove themselves from the Facebook-led cryptocurrency payment network Libra. Senator Brian Schatz, Sherrod Brown sent th- and and sorry and Sherrod Brown sent three separate letters Tuesday to Visa CEO Alfred Kelly. Stripe CEO Patrick Collinson and MasterCard CEO and President 
Jaypal Singh Banga over the firm's participation in the developing network. The three companies are among 27 partners for the project so far. Earlier this month, PayPal dropped out of the Libra Association just weeks before members are to sign a formal charter on October the 14th. In the letters, Schatz and Brown say Facebook, the driving force behind the network, has failed to satisfactorily answer regulatory concerns over, you guessed it, terrorism, money laundering, monetary policy, and economic destabilization. At the heart of the senator's arguments, lay past accusations against the social media giants, such as the New York Times article exposing criminal abuse of Facebook's Messenger app. The letter states, quote, It is chilling to think what could happen if Facebook's, Facebook combines encrypted messaging with embedded anonymous global payments via Libra, end quote. <laughs> you shouldn't be so scared of that, guys, but Libra sucks. In what could be viewed as threatening language, Schatz and Brown say participating firms such as Visa, Stripe, and MasterCard may see heightened regulatory scrutiny overall as a result of Libra membership. Quote, if you take this on, you can expect a high level of scrutiny from regulators, not only on Libra-related payment activities, but on all payment activities. So there you go. This this is this is the United States uh what do you call it? I guess their own immune system is starting to react is what's going on. And getting letters like this is you don't sneeze at shit like this because they, they'll just throw your ass in jail. They, I mean, it, it, they, they can, and they will. It depends on how much you actually piss them off. Uh, if I were the guys at Libra, I would obviously take this, you know, obviously seriously, but, in the grander scheme of things, why even jack with it? Everything other than Bitcoin is probably going to be labeled as an an unregistered, unregulated security. And they, and all these people have offices that the SEC can, they can knock on the door and they're not going to politely go away. If you don't answer, that's the problem with all these shit coins. That's the, the exact, and this is why I Bitcoin. There is no office that you can knock on. You, there's, there's n- nobody's home. Bitcoin was unavailable to comment on this story. I, I, that's how this goes. What, how this is so difficult to understand is beyond my comprehension. There is no Bitcoin office. There's no phone number. Hell, there's not even a freaking email. There's no post office box. No one's in charge. Nobody is in charge. That's to what we want. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Where, where was the, oh, uh, oh God, the IRS is now asking if you own crypto in the most widely used United States tax form, the 1040. Anna Bidakova is writing for Coindesk. The Internal Revenue Service has updated the main form individual U.S. taxpayers use to report their income to include a question about cryptocurrencies. Following the release earlier this week of the IRS's long-awaited guidance for reporting crypto-related income, the IRS on Friday circulated a draft of the new form 1040 Schedule 1, Additional Income and Adjustments to Income. The draft was shared in an email to tax software companies, which the agency also shared with journalists. The sheet, prefaced by a warning that it's only a draft and not an actual document for filing taxes, asks at the top, quote, at any time during 2019, did you receive, sell, send, exchange, or otherwise acquire any financial uh, interest in any virtual currency? The main parts of the form, additional income and adjustments to income, both appear below this question. 
the taxpayers who file Schedule 1 to report income or adjustments to income that can't be entered directly on Form 1040 should check the appropriate box to answer the virtual currency questions. Taxpayers do not need to file Schedule 1 if their answer to this question is no, and they do not have to file a Schedule 1 for any other purposes, the IRS said. The IRS asked its software partners to send comments on the new form in the next 30 days. The guidance released this week was the agency's second ever given on virtual currencies, following five years of silence on the matter. The document provided answers to longstanding questions addressing such issues as crypto received as a result of hard work, buying goods and services with virtual currencies, calculating the fair value of crypto holdings and other matters. So, yeah, it's now getting into the tax forms because first they laugh at you and then they put you on the form. Mary Hewlett is writing for Cointelegraph. Kick announces it's here to stay in apparent reversal of fortunes. When was this? This was yesterday. Canadian social media and messaging app Kick has revealed its, quote, here to stay in an apparent reversal of earlier plans to shut down amid legal difficulties. In an official tweet posted on the 13th, the company announced great news. Kick is here to stay, and there's really exciting plans for making the app even better. More details coming soon. Stay tuned. As previously reported, Kick had been embroiled in a costly legal battle with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission over its initial coin offerings designation, with the regulator suing the company for having conducted an allegedly unregistered $100 million token offering. Having pared down its workforce from 151 to just 19 and mulled a complete shutdown, according to a blog post from CEO Ted Livingston, late last month, the company closed the KickX beta platform on September the 27th. Yet the first hint of a turn of fortunes emerged on October the 7th when Livingston tweeted, quote, some exciting news. We may have found a home for kick. We just signed a letter of intent with a great company. They want to buy the app, continue growing it for our millions of users and take the Kin integration to the next level. Not a done deal yet, but could be a great win-win more soon. With further details of the game-changing deal still to be announced, Kick's apparent decision to close had meanwhile been harshly criticized among community members. The Kin cryptocurrency had also seen a steady decline, no doubt in part due to broader market conditions, yet unlikely helped by the company's seemingly intractable difficulties. As reported, at the peak of the firm's standoff with the SEC, Livingston had pledged to fight the SEC until we don't have a dollar left. Famous shit coiner quote. So this thing's not dead yet. Well, I, I really did. I thought kick, I thought that was it for kick and we were not going to have to hear about this crap anymore. But again, we're probably going to have to live with shit coinery for a long time. So strap in. Okay. Oh God. This one is, is also about telegram. And this is, this is great because remember people bought a shit ton of grams to the tune of like one, like what would we say? $1.7 billion. $1.7 billion. Okay, so Marie Hulliet or Hulit is writing for Cointelegraph yesterday. Telegram's force majeure clause curbs investors' compensation. Jesus. Okay, let's get it. Telegram's pledge to return money to investors in the event of a delay of its launch of its blockchain network may be superseded by a force majeure clause in its purchase agreement. Jesus shit coins. 
As an, Octo- as an October 14th report from Russian media agency, the Bell emphasizes the force majeure clause, which encompasses natural disasters, terrorist threats, and the eruption of war, also includes legal or regulatory actions on the part of the authorities. Following an abrupt move by the United States SEC to declare that the $1.7 billion initial coin offering for the Telegram Open Network, TON, was illegal, this could mean that Telegram will not be required to return money to its investors, even should it choose to postpone the network's launch. As Cointelegraph had previously reported, a leaked purchase agreement for TON's native GRAM tokens indicated that if the network would not be launched by October the 31st, 2019, token contracts would be deemed null and void, and investors would be paid a termination sum denominated in United States dollars unless otherwise agreed by the involved parties. Beneath the pledge, the force majeure clause then clearly states that the telegram or that telegram, quote, shall not be liable or responsible to the purchaser for any failure or delay, end quote, in circumstances that include, quote, D, applicable law or regulations, E, action by any governmental authority. You got hosed. If you bought this shit, you got hosed and you should have known better. You should have known better. Continuing, in February 2018, Telegram's creators had filed a notice of exempt offering of securities, also known as Foreign D, with the SEC for the first round of its offering, followed by a second such notice in March. The specific exemption used by Telegram Foreign D 506C had un- had authorized the offering to be exclusively sold to accredited investors. However, in its choice to pursue stringent action against the firm, the SEC expressed the concern that once Telegram delivers the grams to the initial purchasers, they will be able to resell billions of grams on the open market to the investing public. As reported, Tons developers had, excuse me, have outlined in a letter to investors that they are assessing the best ways to respond to the agency's actions in the interest of relevant parties, including but not limited to evaluating whether the delay whether to delay the network's launch date. They said, quote, we were surprised and disappointed that the SEC chose to file the lawsuit under these circumstances, and we disagree with the SEC's legal position, end quote. In addition to declaring the token offering illegal, the SEC has also issued a temporary restraining order on the issuance of Graham tokens with the court hearing scheduled for October the 24th. Y'all got hosed. If you bought this shit, you got hosed. And I, we tried to warn you, all of us, but there were so many of us that were trying, and we still do every single day. We warn you against shit coinery because this, this is why Bitcoin, I don't have to worry about any of these problems. I have 99 other problems that involve Bitcoin and shitcoins ain't one of them. Thank God I can sleep at night because I didn't have a big old bag of of grams. It's freaking ridiculous. All right. Hold on here for a second. Let me see something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, David Babayan. Babayan? Babayan. Yeah. David Babayan is writing for News BTC, which is not one of my favorite news outlets, but yeah. They have a tendency to take a big old dump on on Bitcoin when they can. But this one's interesting. UK Forex giant launches new Bitcoin service as Brexit fears grow. UK-based FXCM Group has introduced a new Bitcoin trading service right around the time when investors weigh the possibility of a hard Brexit. The Forex brokerage giant announced in a press release published on Monday that it is launching Crypto Major. It is a basket that contains five popular cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ether, XRP, 
Bcash and Litecoin. In equal proportions, Crypto Major behaves as a single unit representing the combined value of the said assets. It means FXCM users would be able to collate and offload multiple cryptocurrencies at one go without the need to manage each one of them independently. Brendan Callen, the chief executive officer at FXCM, treats Crypto Major as an ideal hedging risk and management tool for retail traders. He projected the basket as a great opportunity for traders who want to start trading cryptocurrencies but do not want to risk too much exposure. Quote, trading a basket of cryptocurrencies means our users are freed from the hassle of constantly monitoring the markets. Yeah, just, just buy Bitcoin. That works just as well. FXCM's announcement arrived on the day when when the pound slipped 0.71% against the United States dollar. The drop, in turn, came on the back of pessimism surrounding Brexit. European Union's chief Brexit negotiator, Michael Barnier, said that the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson's deal is too complicated and needs more time. That put clouds over Johnson's promise to deliver Brexit before October the 31st be funny if that did happen right on Halloween. The news erased part of the gain uh, of the gains pound as well as the UK stocks had made at the end of the last week. Strategists at ING called the downside correction a reality check for Brexit bulls, adding that the sterling is now under threat of a further price breakdown. <clears throat> Meanwhile, with Callan mainly confirming on the risk part of the bit of the Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, it is safe to assume that FXCM is looking to make crypto major an altern an, sorry an attractive alternative for CFD traders who might want to ignore Brexit hit markets. FXCM did not reveal the base currency for the crypto major basket in its announcement. The brokerage, which offers three similar baskets, typically uses the United States dollar as the underlying currency to value the different assets. FXCM would likely employ the dollar for the crypto basket, considering the brokerage has a presence all across the globe. So, you know, there you go. It's just like I said, first they laugh at you and then they list your ass. Okay, uh, sudden Psy World shutdown puts clink crypto investors at risk. This is Adrian Zmunsky writing for Cointelegraph yesterday. South Korea's SciWorld social media platform shuttered its services on October the 1st without giving any prior notice. English language local media, the Korea Times, reported on October the 14th. What's more, the website for its clink crypto asset has also become inaccessible. This is why we Bitcoin. In response to the news, local cryptocurrency exchange supporting Clink, uh, supporting Clink namely CoinZest and BitSonic, are now considering delisting the token. Moreover, some investors who bought Clink are reportedly considering filing a lawsuit against SciWorld and its CEO, Jean Jewan. Specific, oh, unspecified industry officials reportedly estimate Clink investors to lose at least 1 billion won or about $850,000 US if the company does not set things straight. 24 million units of the crypto asset were sold at 26 won per unit or about two cents. In initial in an initial exchange offering conducted on CoinZest on January the 11th, collectively 480 million won worth of Clink has been sold. Since then, Clink's price has crashed 96% to 0.71 on CoinZest, while being traded for 0.19 won on Bitsonic as of October the 14th. That is a hell of a spread, man. According to the Korea Times, the company has seen a massive exodus of employees in the second half of the year when it delayed paying them since the end of 2018 after its newly launched online services, Q, failed to attract users. 
Cyworld was a popular social media platform until the mid-2000s, having about 13 million users in 2005, according to The Age. Per the report, quote, almost every South Korean in their 20s has been a subscriber to the site, according to the president of SK Communications, Yoo Hyun Oh, who owns it, end quote. This is yet another reason, A, don't keep your shit on, on exchanges. <laughs> and, you know... I mean, don't buy, don't buy this stuff. There's a reason why we keep telling you not to buy these things because this happens and this is going to happen more and more and more and where it's, and, and more and more people are going to spin up their own crappy cryptocurrency, which at this point, they're not even hiding the fact that most of these are not cryptocurrencies. It's just a digital token. They're taking your money. They're stealing your money. You're going to be left with no money if you keep doing this. So please don't. Even UNICEF gets it, right? UNICEF will not convert Bitcoin and Ethereum donations to fiat. Anton Lucian is writing a couple of days ago for beincrypto.com, says... Recently, UNICEF announced it is working on a prototype to allow it to accept Bitcoin and Ethereum donations. Notably, these donations will be kept as cryptocurrencies and not converted. The, <clears throat> the UNICEF is rolling out a pilot program to accept cryptocurrency donations and won't be converting the raised funds to cash. This is really cool. I mean, UNICEF has been around forever. I mean, my God, UNICEF has been, I mean, UNICEF was like, I was a kid when I first heard about UNICEF and it had been around for a while before that. So getting into it, cryptocurrency adoption took a major step forward with the news that UNICEF will soon be accepting BTC and Ethereum donations as previously reported by being crypto. Christina Lamazo and her blockchain team at the United Nations Children Fund, UNICEF, will be allowed, allowing individuals to donate cryptocurrencies. The new pilot program is the first time the international agency will be accepting cryptocurrencies. The first donation made will reportedly come from the Ethereum Foundation, which donated 1 BTC and 10,000 ETH to the cause. The pilot program will also be a collaboration with UNICEF USA, UNICEF Australia, UNICEF New Zealand, and UNICEF France. What's noteworthy, however, <clears throat> however, is that this initiative will keep donations as cryptocurrencies rather than automatically convert them to fiat. The international organization seems to be interested in hodling and spending and, and spending cryptocurrencies. The idea behind the move is to better trans, uh, for better transparency and increase the number of donors. With every donation recorded on the blockchain, there is little room to, quote, lose funds, and everything is visible on the public ledger. <clears throat> the United Nations and its many branches have proven themselves open to cryptocurrencies. This is currently a paradigm shift occurring, occurring at the highest levels of international power, which may indicate that a wave of adoption is coming. Well, we keep hearing that. The pro-cryptocurrency position goes far beyond UNICEF. Last year, Antonio Guterres, the UN Secretary General, spoke on the possibility of using blockchain technology in solving world issues. The plan's focus is to provide ultra-accessible financial services and digital networks by 2030. We already have it. It's called Bitcoin with lightning. UNICEF has taken the bold move of accepting cryptocurrencies and not converting them to liquid cash. Instead, they're betting long-term on the idea. Let's hope that other interne international organizations follow. So that was actually really surprising to me. Um, <clears throat> like I said, UNICEF's been around for a long time, guys, a lot longer than most of us have been alive. Uh, so w that's why I was really surprised that, so, you know, an agency of that size 
And of that, you know, being alive for that long has even they get it. I mean, they, they actually seem to understand. It'll be interesting to watch. That's, that's, that's pretty much all I can say about that one. Um, okay. S- stupidity ensues. Dutch Central Bank says world will need gold if entire system collapses. William Suberg writing for Cointelegraph uh, uh, as of yesterday. In comments which have caught critics by a fiat by surprise, the Dutch Central Bank, known as De Nederlandes Bank, DNB, said gold would be indispensable in the event of a fiat meltdown. Retweeted on social media on October the 13th, a statement from the bank's website describes gold as the trust anchor for the financial system. Quote, if the entire system collapses, the gold stock provides a collateral to start over. Gold gives confidence in the power of the central bank's balance sheet. That gives a safe feeling. It continues. Oh, God. It's, uh, it hurts. The stupid hurts. While it is known that central banks have begun buying up gold since two, the 2008 financial crisis, it is the DNB's phrasing that has excited Bitcoin proponents in particular. As a form of sound money with the highest stock to flow ratio of any commodity, gold previously in, ensured the f- sound functioning of economies before governments uncoupled their national currencies from its backing over the last century. Since then, as Saifedean Amis noted in his popular book, The Bitcoin Standard, telltale signs of decay have plagued most countries' economies. Central banks, notionally in charge of fiat currencies, use interventions to manipulate their supply artificially, something which is all but impossible to do with gold since it's since it has a high stock to flow ratio, the championing of the precious metals quality. I got to do that again. This championing of the precious metals qualities over paper money, thus did not go unnoticed among Bitcoin figures quote. It is an established central bank speaks to the times we live in. Gabor Gubax, digital asset manager at Van Eck tweeted in, in his response to the DNB Quote, I firmly believe that private non-sovereign monies have a place in our world. Private money should be allowed to compete in the free market with central bank monies. So uh, later, serial investor Mike Novogratz struck a similar tone, telling CNN that both gold and Bitcoin as sound money would benefit from current fiat trends. Quote, we've got geopolitical uncertainty. We've got negative rates. It's all bullish for gold and bullish for Bitcoin, he said in an interview on October the 11th. Not everyone agrees, however. As Cointelegraph reported, Apple CEO Tim Cook claimed earlier this month that only governments should control money. That's because Tim Cook is a bootlicking snob, but whatever. He was speaking within the context of the ongoing difficulties Facebook is encountering with its, with the release of its planned digital currency, Libra. Apple, he said, would not seek to follow its lead. Around the same time, Germany's finance minister likewise said that states should be in control of monetary activities. Past utterances from the DMB, meanwhile, have dismissed cryptocurrencies, claiming they do not fulfill the functions of money at all, which is complete and utter bullshit. But... You see that the wind. You see the winds shifting. That's what the, that's what that is. The the wind is shifting. Although some people still don't get it because Alibaba's Alipay bans all Bitcoin and crypto transactions. This was on the thirteenth of October. There has been much confusion lately on whether Alipay can be used for fiat crypto or, uh, sorry, used for fiat crypto on-ramp transactions with Binance since Binance CEO CZ affirmed a tweet that they now could. 
With WeChat and Alipay available as payment methods for buying Bitcoin from Binance, one Twitter user asked, quote, is Binance now accepting fiat on-ramp with Alipay and WeChat Pay? Exciting news. Would love for someone to confirm. CZ's response is a resounding yes. However, Alipay disproved that claim by commenting, no, you cannot, and added a Twitter status they posted three hours before which said that response says this, there's several report reports about Alipay being used for Bitcoin transactions to reiterate Alipay closely monitors over the counter transactions to identify irregular behavior and ensure compliance with relevant regulations. So basically they're saying, no dude, no. And Oh God, how embarrassing. Quote, <clears throat> let's see, uh, the Alibaba group founded online payment platform, also added that they will stop their payment services for transactions that they will identify as related to Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency. China has a somewhat wavering stance on cryptocurrencies. Back in April, the country wanted to ban Bitcoin mining completely. And most recently, Chinese regulators are planning to clamp down on mining operations in Inner Mongolia, which is one of the largest mining bases in China. However, in August, Forbes reported that the Central Bank of China is rumored to be launching a government cryptocurrency of their own. It's not a cryptocurrency, guys. That they will issue to these seven institutions, the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, the Bank of China, the Agricultural Bank of China, Tencent, Union Pay, an association of Chinese banks, and Alibaba. And when this cryptocurrency launches in a few months, the institutions will be responsible for circulating it to its citizens. A Twitter user who goes by the username Truthseeker explained the relationship of Alipay in China, which was retweeted by CZ. Quote, for those who don't understand China and Alipay, Chinese government is negative on Bitcoin, positive on blockchain, want to issue its own digital currency to compete with Bitcoin, it can't and Libra and push RMB world dominance, but they do allow citizens to own and hold Bitcoin. All right. So Binance also recently announced a peer to peer trading for salute, uh, for Bitcoin, ether and tether against the Chinese yuan, and that they will be made available to Android users initially, according to coin telegraph. So there you go at yeah, Alibaba, just put the, the kibosh down on, on CZ. And again, that's kind of embarrassing you'd think that CZ would have made damn sure, damn sure that you could uh, do this before tweeting it out because, you know, he only has like millions of followers. So there's that. Again, winds are changing. Uh, let's see. Gro oh, growth of BTC millionaires now matches Bitcoin's early years. And this is William Suberg writing for Cointelegraph yesterday. The number of Bitcoin addresses containing more than 1,000 BTC is growing at the same pace in 2019 as before 2014, new data shows. Uploaded by social media or uploaded to social media by Bitcoin statistician Willy Wu on October the 11th, the chart of Bitcoin address growth by balance shows the network is now repeating a trend from its earliest years. Quote, the rate of growth of 1,000 BTC addresses now matches the early growth in Bitcoin's network, he summarized. Wu was expanding on original data from blockchain analysis resource Glassnode. According to him, fresh desire for major Bitcoin balances are vastly higher than five years ago, speaks, of, speaks to wealthier individuals coming into the space. If those generating addresses with over 1,000 BTC at the time were doing so out of technical curiosity, the incentives in 2019 are purely financial. Wu concluded, quote, in my opinion, 
we're likely in a new renaissance of Bitcoin. This one is powered by capital influx of high net worth investors, while the early one was from the tech savvy who were bootstrapping the network. Super bullish, end quote. The data suggests the trajectory of bounces topping 1,000 BTC picked up at the start of 2019 after a period of flat growth, which began in late 2013, just prior to the implosion of the major exchange, Mt. Gox. As Cointelegraph reported last month, the number of addresses containing more than $100,000 has also hit an all-time high. At press time, 3,070 addresses held more than 1,000 BTC each, representing just 0.01% of the total, according to BitInfo Chart's Bitcoin Rich List. It should also be noted that many of the richest addresses, specifically the top four, belong to exchanges such as Binance, which held Bitcoins belonging to millions of users. So this this definitely puts a damper on the argument uh, about unfair distribution. It really does. And at that point, if you're listening to anybody harp on about the distribution of Bitcoin, just stop because there's a whole bunch of idiots that are like market selling to manipulate the market. And every time they do, they're always risk. They always risk not being able to pick up, pick, pick their Bitcoin back up. And as this continues, more and more Bitcoin leaks out of the wallets of people that, you know, are, were early adopters and have tens of thousands of Bitcoin or, and are now billionaires or millionaires at least. So just through attrition, Bitcoin is, is getting into the wallets of other people. So again, don't listen to the people that are, are, are talking about unfair distribution. It's completely fair and it's getting fairer all the time because you can't fix stupid. Bitcoin doesn't fix stupid. Okay. Uh, oh, this one. Let's see. Is that the, no, that's not the one I want. Okay. Yep. I'm going to save that. That one is, is actually for tomorrow's show. So that's going to do it for the morning roundup. Vital Statistics is brought to you by BitInfo Charts, Mempool.space, and 1ML. Bitcoin price is at 8294 We have a, looks like that's going to be the high. No, we have a high over at Coinbase Pro at 8309 And it looks like we got a low over at, where is it? Looks like both HitBTC and GDAX are one penny away from the same price of 8259 47 and 46, respectively. 333,000 transactions have been made over the last 24 hours, with average transactions per hour numbering about 14,000. 732,000 BTC have been sent over the last 24 hours, and it looks like the average sent per hour was about 30,500 BTC, with an average transaction value of 2.19 BTC and a median transaction value of 0.027 or about 220 bucks. Block time's a bit low at 9 minutes and 36 seconds. One or 0 0.18 BTC are being taken in fees on a per block basis, and it looks like about 30 BTC have been taking taken overall in fees in the last 24 hours. The hash rate, ooh, wow, a big drop in hash rate. We're we're down to sub 90 exahashes per second at 88.5 exahashes per second, and there has been a uh, over the last 24 hours we've lost one point. 33%, but clearly coming off of 106, I think the highest I saw was 108 exahashes per second a couple of days ago, and now we're back under 90. So there's some serious fluctuations there. 
Oh, and it looks like the last commit to the GitHub for Bitcoin was done sometime yesterday. Ethereum is at 183, Bcash at 225, Litecoin at 55.50, BSV is at 88 or 89 bucks. Ethereum Classic is at $4.71, and Dogecoin is at 0.0025. At 25,000 transactions, it beats, still beating Litecoin. Damn, not bad. Okay. Um, Mempool. We're, yeah, Mempool is light. The Mempool is very, very light today. We are only one block deep with 230. 2,360 transactions pending in as unconfirmed, and we have not full blocks. I, I hate to tell, be the bearer of bad news, guys, but the blocks are are woefully, woefully low. I'm looking at five right now, and only two of them are over one megabyte. Everything else is like 208K. There's one for 596K, and then there's another one I see for 416K. So, yeah, uh, there's not a whole lot of stuff going on. And when I say that, I'm not it's, – it's, it's one of these things where it's like, oh, the network's not being used. Nobody's using Bitcoin. Bitcoin's going to die. And then 10 minutes later or like, you know, 100, you know, a couple of days later, 100 hours later maybe or something like that, it's – the mempool is too full and the and and fees are too high. And since everybody's using the blockchain and fees are so high and the shit's so full and you gotta wait so long, Bitcoin's going to die. You you can't win either way. All right. So neither one of these situations for me is actually bad. It it, it just is what it is. Also is what it is is nice stats on Lightning Network. 1ML's reporting 10,164 total nodes. Those are public nodes. We we don't know private nodes. They're, we know they're there. We just can't see them, so we certainly can't number them. But we have a, basically, this is a 2.5% increase in the number of nodes over the last 30 days. Also, 15 new nodes have come online in just 24 hours, representing about a 115% increase on a day-over-day basis. New channels have increased by 163, which is a 42.9% gain in 24 hours, and that's going to do it for your vital statistics. Okay, I'm going to do another one from Rush. Uh, this one is off of their Presto album. Presto was not well received. When I bought the album, I didn't like it. I didn't like anything about it. It's maybe like one song. But it was like one of those things where, you know, you know, when they were still coming out with new albums, it was exciting to get an, it's always exciting to get a new album from from talent that that you've been listening to for a while. So when this album came out, I remember distinctly running, you know, going down to the to the uh, music store, which we still had in the '80s when when this late '80s when this uh, album came out. I think this album came out in '88. I want to say somewhere around there, uh, maybe '89. In either event, uh, Presto, like I said, was was not well received, and it's actually a really good album. Now that now that I years years away from the first purchase of that album. I hear songs from it and I'm like, you know, this is actually pretty good. 
And this song's no different. This is Superconductor uh, from the Presto album. And w- if you, if you want to think about why, you know, the reason, okay, the reason why I'm putting it in here is I keep thinking of people like Brock Pierce and, you know, all these guys that are, that are at the heads of, of these absolute dumpster fire shit coins, you know, Vitalik Buterin, uh, Joseph Lubin, all these guys. And when I listen to this song, I'm reminded of them because they're, the song's sort of talking about, you know, people that are able to, in, in, you know, string, string masses of people along, you know, like, you know, not innovators, but influencers. They're influencing people in a really bad way. In either event, uh, this song, just every time I hear it, it just reminds me of the, the absolute dumpster fire that shit coins represent in this space. And, you know, as a reminder to you, because of all the crap that we, you know, that I read to you, you know, earlier in the show, please just stay away from the dumpster fire. You're, you're bound to get burned. It, it, if you are playing with shit coins, you are going to get burned. It is bad enough having volatility in just one of these things, BTC, because that's pretty much the only thing that's the only game in town. It's bad enough to watch volatility there and go, oh, I'm up, oh, I'm down, oh, I'm up, oh, I'm down. But having like whole exchanges just, you know, which is the only place that you can trade your shit coin and you had your shit coin in their wallet and they just exit scam or leave, think Quadra CX or Quadriga CX, you know, that exchange from Canada, just think about them. Everybody's people are losing their money every single day now, it seems. And we keep trying to tell you guys, stop doing that. In in either event, let's let the boys tell you about how these people operate.
Okay, uh, today's Daily Trainwreck is brought to you by Ancient History. No, <laughs> it's actually brought to you by a guy named Perry Metzger at P-E-R-R-Y-M-E-T-Z-G-E-R. Why do I say Ancient History? Because this tweet was written at 9 p.m. June the 3rd, 2011. <laughs> what does he say? Bitcoin tulip market now $14.50 and rising. The cost of mining is far lower. If this isn't a bubble, what is? Yeah, well, you know, the more things change, the more they appear to stay the same. It's just a it's always a death spiral with Bitcoin. It has been since the earliest days of it, and it has not changed. It's always going to die. It's always in a bubble. It's always in a mining death spiral. It's always going to be that, whatever. I'm just, we need to get over this this whole thing, you know, right now. Okay, okay. I'm just going to go ahead and step right into Dad Says Jokes. So this is Terrible Joke Corner. Oh, I love Dad Says Jokes because of the things like this. Earlier today, someone sent me a bunch of flowers, but all the heads have been cut off. I think I'm being stalked. Get it? Stalked? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's just leave that one alone. Okay, again, my apologies for not coming to you yesterday. The Usually the Monday, Wednesday, Friday got all jacked up because of... Tech. I was about to say technical difficulties, but it was more like mental difficulties. Um, <clears throat> sometimes it, it just can't be helped, guys. It, it just can't. In either event, it is Tuesday, which is a weird day because um, it's not hump day and it's not Monday and it sure as shit ain't Friday. So you guys do what you do. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.